Come on, he is risen. He's not dead. He's not in a tomb somewhere. He has risen. And that is what Easter is all about. It's a celebration of the fact that Jesus has risen from the dead. Welcome to Bethany Assembly. Hey, here's what I want you to do. I want you to look at your neighbor right now, and I just want you to say, man, you are looking good today. Come on. You are looking good. It was one of those Sundays where I came in, I was like, I am way underdressed. There are people walking around in three-piece suits around here, looking good with their matching ties and outfits that match and all those things. And uh, I saw this little, little guy here earlier uh, from the first gathering, and he was in there, and he had these little, like, like salmon-colored pants on with just this, I mean, he was as cute as can be. His pants matched his bow tie. I can't wear a bow tie because I can't button my collar. But that's chubby guy problem, so it's all good. It's all good. It's all good. Well, welcome. We're excited that you are here, and if it's your first time or your first time in a long time, we just want to say welcome and uh, just want to kind of get everything rolling this morning. I, I have a question for you this morning, and I think as I ask this question, it may hit home with some of us this morning. I know for me, as I ask this question to you, I know that the response in my own life has been, Yes. And the question is this, have you ever felt empty? Have you ever felt like you didn't have enough to give out? Maybe it was your time, maybe it was your talents, maybe it was your resources. Have you ever been in a place where you felt just empty in your life? Maybe empty in a relationship, maybe empty in a marriage, maybe empty with others who are around you, maybe empty in your home, and what's crazy is that in our society today, we can feel empty in the midst of crowded rooms. We can feel empty in the midst of homes with houses over our head. We can feel empty in the midst of provision that's coming in, but yet can feel empty because we look at the resources many times that we have and we struggle with them. Now I'm talking more than just a bank account that's empty, a milk carton that's empty, a home that's empty. My daughter surprised us and came home for Easter, which was a fantastic surprise. It's so great to see you, sweetie. And uh, it's about the only time I've gotten to see her because we've been getting ready for Easter. <laughs> and, uh, but man, it was just awesome. She came flying in late at night and, and uh, she pulled up outside and Kasha had said, hey, make sure you're out there. And I didn't know what was going on. I come outside and all of a sudden the car's pulling up and Kasha's standing there and Kasha has her cell phone out, which makes me a little curious. But honestly, I thought maybe Gabe had gotten his driver's license that day, and I just didn't know about it. So I said, oh, is Gabe pulling up? And all of a sudden, boom, Jordan pops up. I'm like, what? 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 How did you get here? And the reason why I asked how did she get here, because I was thinking, did I have to pay for this? <laughs> because the bank account can be empty, you know, if you got to keep flying back and everything. But our, our best friends flew her home, which was awesome, but... I think there's so many times where we can feel truly empty. And if I have learned anything in life, it has been there have been seasons where I myself have felt empty. Seasons where I myself have found myself in, in moments where it doesn't feel like I'm on the mountaintop, it feels more like I'm in the valley. But the beauty of being in the valley is that even in the valley, beautiful things grow. That even in the valley, there are things that God is teaching us and he's growing inside of us and he's saying, listen, I want to do something in your life. Empty by definition, by just simple definition, Webster would say is this, is containing nothing, 
not filled or occupied. Now think about that for a minute. Containing nothing, not filled or occupied. Sometimes we want life to feel empty because we're like, I don't want it to be filled. (laughs) I don't want it to be occupied. That sounds like a vacation. Lately, we've been working a lot in the lower level, as you've heard, and God's just been doing some really great things as we've been preparing that space. And Kasha showed me a picture of a bunch of kids all climbing on the rock climbing wall down there. And it just made my heart kind of just do one of those moments of like, okay, it was worth it. (laughs) It's so worth it. The definition continues to say this, without inhabitants, vacant or unoccupied. Now, sometimes we give empty a a bad rap because if we look at our our situation, we go, man, I I don't want things to feel empty, but sometimes empty isn't all that bad. It's just what we fill the emptiness with that many times determines how life continues to go. It's how we respond to the emptiness of life that determines the life that you and I get to experience. Today is Easter Sunday. It's a day where we celebrate empty, a day where we celebrate an empty cross. Now think about that for a moment. That's the good news right now is that Jesus isn't hanging on a cross somewhere. I know some of you are like, man, I'm wearing around my neck. You know, that's just a reminder. No, the, the cross is empty. The cross is empty. Can I, can, I, can I get at least a little bit more than just one person saying amen? Come on, the cross is empty. It's an empty cross. And Jesus is not on the cross. He paid the price. He became the sacrifice for you and I so we could have freedom. There's an empty cross. And the empty cross leads to this, an empty tomb. And today we celebrate the empty tomb. We rejoice that Jesus is alive. He's not dead in a grave somewhere. You won't find his body buried somewhere. They're not going to dig him up on some archaeological dig or something like that. No, no, it is an empty tomb. Why? Because three days later, after the crucifixion, Jesus rose from the dead. And right now he is making intercession for you and I. You know what that means? That means that Jesus right now is saying, listen, I took care of the sin and the junk in your life. Because how many of you have ever been messed up, jacked up, screwed up? Come on now. I'm raising my hand. Sometimes I feel like I should be raising both hands. Anyone else in the house? Come on now. But what an empty tomb means is an empty tomb means that you and I have been forgiven. An empty tomb means that Jesus paid the price for you and I, and right now he is actually making intercession for you and I. 2,000 years later, we celebrate the fact that Jesus is alive. And I wonder this morning, do you know him? Do you know him as your Lord and Savior? Do you know him as a personal friend? Do you know him as someone who is with you even in the hard times, even in the valleys, even in the times where you feel empty? Jesus, the most influential figure and teacher of all times. Do you know him? Don't believe me? Think about it for this, for a moment. Socrates taught for 40 years, Plato for 50, Aristotle for 40, Jesus for only three. And yet, the influence of Christ's three-year ministry transcends the impact that was left by the combined 150 years of teaching from these men who were among some of the greatest philosophers of our time. And every sphere of the human greatness has been enriched by the simple, normal, humble carpenter from Nazareth. So what does this humble carpenter from Nazareth teach us? This man named Jesus, he teaches us what to do with our emptiness. He teaches us what to do with the emptiness of life. See, here's what I've come to realize is that life is filled with some empty times. 
And what Jesus does is Jesus teaches us what to do with the emptiness that life can bring. So you've heard us talking a little bit about the remodel slash renovation slash new build slash craziness that's been going on all below where you guys are right now. All below us is a craziness of crazy. And it's crazy. <laughs> and we worked really hard to, to get everything um, going down there and it's looking amazing and there's still some final touches that have to happen. That's why the grand opening is actually May 18th because we said, you know what, let's just be in for Easter. We're in. Come on now, we are in. I can go to bed now <laughs> at a decent hour, not two in the morning like most nights this past week. And there have been people who have been helping and working, and man, I just, I mean, it's, it's just been amazing, the people who've been in here. And, and I look over this crowd, and I think, if you were all here, honestly, I don't know what I would have done with all of you. So it's good that you didn't all show up. But it would have been nice if a few more of you would have showed up. But here's what I can say is every time I've walked someone down in that space, they don't even recognize it. And there was a process that had to happen when we were walking through this space. And I, know, I know many of you are like, man, I would love to see it. That's why you got to come out on May 18th. So please don't, after this gathering, go rushing down in the lower level and say, I want to see it all. The only way you could get through is if your kid is with you and you have a tag, and that kid's tag is what will allow you in there. Why? Because we want it to be secure. The back hallways are locked off. We got, lock, we got locked doors down there. Like, it's all secure. Why? Because kids, safety is important. We don't want parents sitting here in the gathering thinking, is my kid going to be okay down there? Is my kid going to be safe? Yes, your kid is having an amazing time in the lower level right now. And it isn't a basement. It really isn't. I love that. Someone said to me, they said, you know what? It isn't a basement. It really is a lower level. And I'm like, oh, thank you, Jesus. But as we've been walking through it, here's what, here's what I know. Um, there was a process to it. So let me walk you just quickly through the process. The first thing that had to happen is we had to take inventory. And I think in life many times we have to take inventory. What is it that you have in your life? What, what's, what has God blessed you with? What are your time? What's your talents? What, what's your treasures that God has already blessed you with? And that's what we had to do down in the lower level. We had to take an inventory. We had to walk through and say, how many rooms do we have? what is in the rooms, what needs to go, what needs to stay. And so we cleared out rooms, rooms that were 40 years old, rooms that had had stuff that had been stored in there because no one else wanted to deal with it. And that is true. No one else wanted to take the time and effort to dig through all the junk and to deal with it. And so throughout the process, we had some crazy times. I mean, like eight months ago, nine months ago, we had a huge, huge like garage sale slash free sale in the event center. We filled the entire event center up with stuff that was hidden around this church. We were pack rats. We had hoarding problems. But we took inventory. Then once we took the inventory, we had to clear the rooms. We sold stuff, we threw stuff away, we gave stuff away, we stored stuff, and we cleared the rooms. We got everything out of them. And then the third place, now the, the third stage was, this was probably the toughest one. Because once everything was cleared, the hard work really had to start. That's when we began removing the ceiling tiles, all the grids, removing all the lighting, tearing walls down, 30 tons of rubble that we tore out and we carried out by hand. We removed carpet that actually is from hell. It says right in the bottom of it, will be done in hell. You may be, I'm serious, man. It was, it was horrible. 
It was horrible. I wouldn't wish it, I wouldn't wish it upon my enemies. Well, maybe there's a few. Anyways, um, <laughs> we removed the mastic and the glue. Uh, uh, the, the guy who, our, our polished, our stained concrete polisher guy, um, concrete resources, he said this, there were areas where there was four layers of mastic and glue. He, he had two sets of diamonds on his machines. He had these huge machines. He had two sets of diamonds that he was planning for the whole lower level in that job. It took five sets, not two, because it was so crazy, and there was so much work that came into it. But once those rooms were emptied out, we really were able to then start building things back the way we wanted to. So the new lights were then installed. The new carpet was installed. The flooring was polished. The new paint in the walls, the wood walls, all the, little, all the little things, the shelves, all those things began getting put in. And I had this thought as I've been working on the lower level. I've had a lot of thoughts as I've been working on the lower level. Um, but here was the thought is that, that many times when things get emptied out, we begin to fill them with things and we get to determine what we fill them with. See, your life, many times we, we can look at the emptiness of life and we can go, man, it stinks to be empty, but really it provides you with an opportunity to fill your life with things that will either bring joy to you or will suck joy away. You can either find yourself in a moment where you're like, man, I love what I'm experiencing and it's so great, or you can say, man, I feel like I'm not. Now, let me walk you through a few of the spaces down in the lower level and, and give you kind of a little snapshot. And now these are pictures, so it won't do it justice. But, but let, me, let me show you this first one. This is the elementary space in here. And um, so if you see right there, um, that's the rock climbing uh, wall back over there. And there's the TVs, this little setting area. You can see the stained concrete. Go to the next one. Um, this right here uh, is kind of the, the side of that. Where those pillars are is actually where the, one of the walls used to be and a uh, main supporting wall. And so you can see we, we redid that whole area. You can go to the next one. This is the kids' foyer area right here. And uh, so you can come down. You can see from stairway to stairway because we removed all the walls in between. And so it's really warm and inviting. In fact, in those little nook areas underneath the stairs, the, the kids can kind of go back in them. Uh, we have a preschool service room. So all the preschoolers meet in their rooms first, and then they come together in another space. That's this next one right here. And uh, the classrooms will come in, and it's all designed for them. It has a stage and the TVs on the side. It's a sweet little space right there. Uh, this is our, the next one is one of our nursery rooms. And uh, so you can see the carpet down there and just really great colors. Alyssa Reynolds did a phenomenal job with helping with the colors and picking that out. And then you can see in the next one, uh, this is a two-year-old room right here. Uh, everything inside of the rooms is new. This next one right here is, is a 5 and K uh, room. And it's a, it's a huge room, actually. We actually knocked a wall out inside of that room to actually open it up. Uh, this next one here is another. I think this is like a three-year-old room is what that room is. And uh, you can look at these rooms and you can go, man, that's awesome. But here's what I know about an empty room is you and I get to decide what we want to fill that room with. It's just like your heart. You have a, if you have an empty place in your heart, you get to decide what you want to put in the emptiness of your life. 
Are you going to allow God to do some remodeling and begin to, to, to really begin to work in your life and begin to create a masterpiece inside of the room of your heart? Or are you going to allow the place of your heart, the empty place of your heart, to be stuffed with all the garbage and all the, all the stuff that you don't know what to do with and you're like, man, I just I don't know what to do. And guess what? We have rooms like that down in the lower level. In fact, let me show them to you. Here's one of them right here. Um, the team will be not real happy that I'm showing this, but... But that is uh, one of our rooms right there. Uh, when we were trying to get everything ready for uh, today, we were like, people are saying, where does this go? And I'm like, just shove it in that room. Just shove it in that room. And isn't that what we do with life all the time? The pains, the hurts, the addictions, the struggles. We just shove them into the empty place in our life. And we think no one will ever see them. In fact, if Ivy knew I was showing you all of this. She'd be like, oh my goodness, here's another one right here. Um, there's another elementary space. I mean, stuff's just shoved in there. You can see trash cans sitting on top of tables. Here's another one right here. Um, we, we, we had to break one of the racks down, but then just, I mean, paint buckets. I mean, there was, there was so much stuff in these rooms. Here's another room right here. Um, there was so much stuff inside of all of these rooms. Here's another one right here. They just keep going, and uh, so much in, in them. I was, I was walking through one of the rooms um, yesterday, and I was trying to get around, and there was a paint bucket, uh, a paint can up on top, and, and someone hadn't sealed the paint can. I don't know who it was, whoever was painting with yellow. I'm mad at you, but um, <laughs> I hit it with my booty, and uh, the paint can fell over, and boom, it hit, and because it wasn't sealed, it just, boof, exploded. And like yellow paint all over the floor, everywhere. We're trying to clean it up. And so Brian Penny helps me. I'm cleaning up with rags. We put cardboard down, all those things. But what I didn't realize is that I had actually stepped in some of the paint because it had actually come through. And so the bottom of my foot had yellow paint all over it on my Nikes. And uh, I didn't know until I began walking out on the brand new carpet in, in elementary. And so, yeah, oh, <laughs> And so I'm like having a heart attack and we're grabbing water and getting it. And we got it all cleaned up and it was fine and everything. But um, it was just crazy because so many times in life what happens is, is, is I think that in the emptiness we try to shove things in. And we hope that no one will ever see it. And this Easter I, I, I really want to drive home this idea of it's in the empty places of your life that God begins to do the most work. And some of us have allowed the empty places to be filled with stuff, and that stuff has actually taken over. And sometimes it's, it's just because we seem like life has dealt us a bad hand, and we go, oh, it's life's fault. Sometimes it's because things have piled up for years, I know that. <laughs> or maybe you say, you don't know what to do with the stuff that you've been given. You've been dealt a hand that you just don't know how to deal with it. And so what we do is we stuff it into the empty places in our lives. And my prayer today is that you would allow Jesus to empty your space and then to allow Jesus to then do restoration in that space and allow him to then begin to fill it with goodness and allow him to begin to fill it with forgiveness and allow God to actually begin to restore the places in your life that need restoration. See, Easter is all about emptiness. In the emptiness, we find hope. In the emptiness, we find life. In the emptiness, we find restoration. And Jesus modeled emptiness for us. Paul actually writes about it in Philippians. If you have your Bibles, you can open up to Philippians chapter 2. 
And in Philippians chapter 2, Paul writes these words and he's, he's writing to us and he's encouraging us about what Jesus has done for you and me. Paul is one who experienced the freedom that Christ had done. And in Paul's life, Paul had been living his life according to the Jewish law. He had been living life to the utmost, had been doing exactly what he knew needed to be done, but yet had not fully experienced a relationship with Jesus until he was on the road to Damascus. And that moment changed everything for him. So Paul writes this in Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. He says, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Now it's interesting because what Paul is telling us is you and I can have the mind of Christ. The way that we can have the mind of Christ is by allowing him into the empty places of our lives. Paul reminds us that it's yours and mine through Christ. In Christ, you and I have forgiveness. In Christ, we have hope. In Christ, we have restoration. In Christ, we have all that we need. Paul goes on to write this. He says, Who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. Now, he was both fully God and fully man. But look what Paul writes. He tells us what Jesus does. He empties himself. Jesus models for us someone who empties himself so that he could then be used by the Father. He allows himself to be emptied of all divinity. He allows himself to be emptied of the things that would actually, people would look and go, man, there's no way that God would ever allow that stuff to happen to him. But yet, Jesus does allow the cross to happen. He does allow all those moments that happen that lead up to this day when he rises from the dead. He empties himself. Paul goes on to write this. He says, by taking the form of a servant. We can learn a lot from the life of Jesus. It's interesting, this past Good Friday, over 300 people came together on Good Friday. It was awesome. Awesome. Come on. And I just want to publicly, I don't do this very often, so I'm going to do it, but I just want to publicly just say huge, huge thanks to my wife, Kasha, who is an, the executive director here at Bethany, she ran that whole event. Come on, give her a big hand. Organized over 40 businesses that we were out there showing the love of Jesus through, 300 uh, volunteers coming together. I mean, it was, it was awesome and all those things. But basically, what we were doing on Good Friday is we were taking the form of a servant. And my prayer has been that it wouldn't just be Good Friday that that would happen, it'd be every day. That Monday through Saturday, every day of the week, we would be allowing Jesus to impress on our hearts moments where we could show random acts of kindness to individuals. It's not just a Good Friday thing, it's an everyday thing. And that's what Jesus models for us. He empties himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of man, and being found in human form. It goes on to say, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. This is God himself allowing himself to die upon a cross. Why? So that your emptiness and my emptiness could be filled. So that you and I could experience the fullness of who God is. That we could experience a life of freedom that is found in Christ. So you and I could be known. We could be emptied of the things inside of us. The Greek word there for emptied that Jesus uses here and Paul writes is, is the word kino. And it means this, to make void or empty of its contents. 
See, what Jesus did is the sting of sin. The death that would come with sin, Jesus paid the price and emptied that for you and me. That no longer would sin rule and reign in our lives. No longer would it bring about death to us. No, we could have freedom found in Christ. He emptied himself so you and I could actually receive freedom. Jesus becomes man. He voids himself of supreme authority and pays your price and my price. He fills the emptiness with his love. You know, true love is often characterized by a heroic act where someone lays down their life for another. We look at moments like that all the time and we think, wow, how heroic, how awesome was that moment. Jesus was that hero. He took the role of a servant, was born in the likeness of man, humbled himself as men and women spit on him, jeered, told him he was horrible things, beat him, cast ridicules at him, but he himself became obedient to death, which he had the power over. He died upon the cross, which historians tell us was one of the most horrific ways to die. So the question comes up, why? Why would the creator of heaven and earth do that? It's so your emptiness could be filled. It's for you. It's for me. Jesus came so your emptiness could be filled. This Easter Sunday, the, the one thing, if you could walk out of here, this Easter Sunday recognizing and realizing, and that is this, is that Jesus came so your emptiness could be filled. You don't have to fill it with the things of this world because those things will always leave you empty. Ever met somebody who had a lot of money and yet always still wanted more? Ever had somebody who was addicted to something but always still wanted the next fix? Those things will always leave us empty. But what Christ did is Jesus came so your emptiness could be filled. There are things that are holding us back all the time from allowing the emptiness to fill. Sometimes it's because we rely so much on our jobs. And we think that our jobs can fill the emptiness. Sometimes we think it's by having finances and we've been good stewards with our finances and there's nothing wrong with that, but it's not your finances that will fill the emptiness. It's not your health, though you can have great health and really take care of yourself in that way. It's not going to be through your relationships and your friendships, your marriage relationship. It's not going to be through that. It's not going to be through your family. It's not going to be found in those things. The only thing that will fill that emptiness is Jesus. But maybe the battle really isn't even so much outside. Maybe it's not that you're allowing other things, but maybe it's because you've allowed things to cripple you. And in the midst of the emptiness, you've allowed fear to come in. Maybe in the midst of the emptiness, you've allowed a lack of trust to come in. Maybe you've allowed anxiety or doubt to flood your mind, and that's what's filled the emptiness in your life. I don't know what it is, but here's what I do know. Jesus came to bring freedom in the areas of your life. And you're in the right place today. Now some of you are dragged here today. <laughs> some of you, your mom was like, it's Easter Sunday, and you're coming to church with me. And you're going to wear this tie, and you're going to wear this nice suit, and you're going to look really good today, and you're like, I don't want to go. And she's like, if you don't come, you're out of the will. And you're like, okay, I'm there. Or maybe today it was a random act of kindness that brought you in. Maybe it was just that moment. Maybe for you it's like, you know what, I, I think I should go. It's Easter. You just made your mind up. Can I just encourage you that Jesus wants to fill the emptiness?
Luke 19.10 says it this way, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Listen, each and every one of us have been lost at one point in time. Now I know as men we don't like to ask for directions. But I listen every day when I'm trying to get somewhere and there's a lady on my phone, her name is Siri. She bosses me around everywhere. (laughs) But I'm telling you, if it wasn't for Siri, I wouldn't get to a lot of the places. Now as time goes on, I begin to learn it. I'm really proud I can make it to the airport and don't have to use Siri. I can make it in through Ann Arbor and I can drive through. Now, Toledo, that's another story. I don't want to get caught in some place in Toledo because anything in Ohio is not good. So anyways, it's like... (laughs) If you live in Ohio, I'm sorry. We still love you. You're a great missionary field. And... um, Man, there probably are some people from Ohio here, and they're, they're pretty offended. I'm sorry. See, you're proving that great things come from Ohio. It's because you're so close to Michigan. <laughs> See, the empty cross makes it possible for us to enjoy an empty tomb. An empty cross makes it possible for us to enjoy an empty tomb. It's in the emptiness that Jesus comes in and begins to restore. It's in the emptiness that Jesus begins to come in and say, you know what, let me remodel this area. Let me begin to do something here. And just like the the picture of the lower level where God, or not God, I mean where we came in and began really restoring and began working on things, there had to be an empty space for us to work with. And so please, this morning, don't be afraid of the emptiness. Don't be afraid of those places. Just allow Jesus to fill those empty places rather than allowing the things of this world. The cross is empty and it means everything to you and I. It represents how Christ bore the sins of mankind upon himself, paying our price, hanging our place, taking our punishment, so that we could then be what? Emptied of sin ourselves. Now I know sin is not a word that's popular. It's not something that's politically correct. But sin is sin. And what we have to do is we got to stop trying to justify sin. And this is what I'm seeing in the church is we're trying to justify it all the time. Well, the reason why I did this is because of this. And it's like, no, that's sin. That's wrong. Deal with it. This is wrong. You can't justify it. But we like to justify our sin. And then we say things like this. Well, he already paid the price, so it's no big deal. Yes, he paid the price so you could have freedom from sin. Not so you would go back to sin. He doesn't set an alcoholic free from sin so that he can continue to go back into that. No, they want to see freedom. And when we empty ourselves, what we're saying to Jesus, we're saying, listen, God, if you'll begin to just empty me from these things, then what he does is he comes in and he takes care of all the areas in our lives that we can't take care of on ourselves. Because anyone ever tried to take care of something and failed? Romans 5, 8 says, but God shows his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's good news. But when you look at the empty cross, it's a reminder of God's promises that you and I have been forgiven. And so Jesus came so that your emptiness could be filled. So here's my question. What's the room of your heart look like? Is it a place where you've allowed Jesus to come in and begin to remodel and begin to change some things and maybe tear some things out, begin to remove some things? I know it takes some work. I know that some of you look at it and go, man, there's just no way that can happen. And there are moments where I honestly thought, I don't know if we're going to complete this project. I don't know if I have it in me. 
it just felt like every time, one of the jokes is, is every time I thought I had hung all the doors in the lower level, there was still another door. And so literally, I was joking with the team, and I said, all the doors are hung, and I feel like every time I've gotten all the doors, that there, that, that there always is one more door. And literally, we walked by this back room over off the side in, you know, dungeon land over there, and uh, we walk by this area, and it's, it's really off the beaten path, and then all of a sudden I see a door that's not hung. And I'm like, you've got to be joking. <laughs> and so I hang that door. But it's in those moments of the emptiness where we allow Jesus to fill those places. So what's your room of your heart look like? Is it filled with stuff that you're trying to hide? Is it filled with pain and heartache? Is it just filled with stuff? See, God loves you at your worst, and his love will never change. No matter what the headlines of our lives are, maybe for you today, you're sitting here and you're like, you know what, I need a job. And God says, I love you right where you are. Maybe it's your marriage needs help. Maybe it's your family's a wreck. Maybe it's you're lonely. Maybe it's you're about to lose your home. Maybe it's you're starting a new business. Maybe it's you're starting in a new relationship. Maybe it's you're sitting here and you're going, I don't even know why I'm even here. No matter where you find yourself, Jesus is there in the midst of it. God's word is proven. It's true. And it's for you. And, and here's the beauty of God's word is that it has the full backing of heaven's power all wrapped up in his glory and his love. Jesus came so that your emptiness could be filled. He paid the price so your emptiness, my emptiness could be filled. 1 John 5, 12, he who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son does not have life. 1 John 4, 10, this is real love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us, sent his Son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. And in first gathering, there was a lot of people who raised their hand for a moment of saying, you know what, I need the emptiness in my life to be filled. And I wonder how many of us today, if we were to sit here in this room in a moment like this and really look at the condition of our heart, would look at it and say, there's some emptiness there. See, for some of us in the room, we recognize the emptiness in our lives and what happens is that we recognize a moment where Jesus came in and filled that emptiness. But maybe you're here today and you'd say, you know what, that emptiness hasn't been filled. Pastor Brian, how does it even work? How does it even look like? And here's the beauty of it, is that while you and I were still sinners, even while you and I were still messed up, jacked up, screwed up, Jesus said, I will pay the price for you. And so he left heaven and came to earth. And today we celebrate Easter, the fact that Jesus has risen, but what we really are celebrating, the fact is that your price, your sin has been paid for. The emptiness of your life can be filled by Jesus. If this morning, if you could just close your eyes for a moment across this room, I want to ask a simple question to you, and maybe today you're sitting here in this room and you're saying, you know what, I came, I was invited by a friend, maybe it's been a while since you've been here, but you would recognize that there's emptiness in your life, and in the midst of that emptiness, you need Jesus to fill that emptiness. And all week we've been praying and we've been believing 
that there would be a moment that would happen in your life today where you would receive joy and hope once again, where the empty places of your life could be filled with the joy that he brings. Listen, Jesus came to fill your emptiness. And just like first gathering, there were many who said, you know what, I need Jesus to fill the emptiness of my life. I recognize that there are, there are many who will be in this room again today in this gathering who if you were to be honest and you were to look at the room of your heart, you would see that you've been filling it with other things. And right now, Jesus is saying, listen, I am crazy, madly in love with you right now. See, the enemy would try to tell you, you got to have it all together. you got to somehow fix all these things. And Jesus says, no, 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 you don't have to do anything. I came to fix it. I came to fill the emptiness. I came to bring life. And so if today, if it's for the first time, or maybe it's a time of you recommitting your life, but you would say, you know what? I need Jesus to fill the emptiness of my life. I need him to meet with me right now in this place. And maybe you weren't even expecting it. Maybe you didn't even come in today thinking this is what you needed. But the Holy Spirit right now is speaking to your heart and your life. And you know that there's an empty place. You know that there's a place that needs filled. And the things of this world has not been filling it. And Jesus is reaching out to you right now and he's saying, I love you. I have a plan and purpose for you. And I want you to experience freedom in me. I'm not going to ask you to come up front. But I am going to ask you with eyes closed for a moment. I just want to ask a simple question. And if it's you, I want you just to raise your hand here in a moment. And I just want you to look up at me real quick. But if you're here today and you'd say, you know what, Pastor Brian, I need Jesus to fill the emptiness of my life. You may not even have it all figured out, but you know that it's only he that can fill it. And if today you'd be willing to surrender to him and say, will you fill the emptiness of my life? If that's you, would you just, would you just raise your hand? You just say, that's me. Thank you. I see that hand right there. I see that hand. 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 I see that hand back there. I see that hand. 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 I see that hand over there. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. Jesus is moving in this place. He wants to fill the emptiness. I see that hand right there, ma'am. I want us to join with all those who raised their hand this morning. And I want us to just repeat a simple prayer with them prayer of asking Jesus to fill the emptiness. And would we just join with those who raised their hand today? Would you repeat this after me? Would you say, Jesus, right now, I see the emptiness in my life. I, I can't do this on my own. I need you. I need your help. I'm asking that you would forgive me of my sin, that you would fill the emptiness in my life. There's nothing else that can fill that but you.
So I give it to you. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. I believe that you died on the cross so I could experience freedom. And I receive that gift today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can we give the Lord a big clap of praise? Come on.